On this week's Compete Everyday podcast, we welcome Iowa State assistant volleyball coach Jen Malcolm to discuss how we build winning cultures and how do we really get to know our teams. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake Thompson here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, back for a brand new episode of the Compete Everyday podcast. This week with Iowa State assistant volleyball coach Jen Malcolm. If you've noticed, a handful of these episodes are continuing to dive more and more into mindset, leadership, and culture because ultimately, I feel that's what's going to help leaders be better, build better, and do better. And so that's going to be a lot of our focus going forward here in the show into season five is how to build our mindset, how to inject a winning and competitor mindset into our teams, and how do we make sure we're building a winning culture either in our offices, in our companies, or in our locker rooms. You don't have to be the B boss with a giant B. You don't have to be the head honcho, CEO, C-suite executive to help instill a winning culture with your teammates. So buckle up, get ready. We've got some great interviews, great content coming your way to finish 2020 strong. And even more, we are going to be coming out of the gates flying in 2021. Before we dive into the show, I want to remind you that you have one week left. That's right. You have until December 15th to get $15 off any order at CompeteEveryday.com. You can even use the code PODCAST to save an additional 15% off. But we've got the automatic discount set up. If you put $100 into your cart, you will automatically get $15 off that order. So do some last-minute holiday shopping. Grab a gift card or two. And help support the show, support the brand, and help us continue to put out great content for you, great interviews, and find ways to help you build that winning mindset to excel in your work, your workouts, and your life. Now, let's jump into this week's episode with Iowa State's Jen Malcolm. Coach Jen, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, would love to give everyone a snapshot of what you do right now, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how you got there. Uh, right now, I am currently the associate head coach at Iowa State. I've been here currently for five years. Um, this is my 11th year total uh, in college volleyball, and have coached. This is my fourth stop, I guess, in total. So um, loving every minute of it. We just finished our season, our COVID season, I should say. Um, so looking for a little downtime and then we'll start back up in uh, spring. Awesome. Well, so tell me a little bit, obviously volleyball, a passion of yours. Uh, has that been kind of your one and only sport since you were a little kid? Did you play a ton of sports growing up and, and what ultimately uh, spent or turned your focus just to volleyball? I actually played a lot of sports growing up being from a small town, um, you have to play everything because you don't have enough kids. So I played softball, basketball, volleyball, and did track um, all throughout high school, all four years. Um, and then I did travel basketball for two years. And then I went into club volleyball on my last two years and was always a basketball kid. My parents played, my brother played, um, my dad played in college. Um, so it was always basketball. And then my junior year, going into my junior year, decided I really didn't want to switch positions playing basketball. Um, so I 
tried the volleyball scene, had a girl in my area that worked, her dad worked with my dad and said, hey, why don't you come trap for a club team down in Omaha? And that was it. Loved it and decided to, to switch gears a little bit. And I'm very happy I made that switch. Um, it, was a, it was a great move for me. Well, I was about to say, between playing and, and now coaching, it has been a very fruitful switch for you. Talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to go into the coaching side, because for a lot of athletes, you know, some are all in, you know, from day one, they want to coach. Uh, for other athletes, they kind of just want that break. They don't like the idea of, of coaching and not having that control that you do as a player. Uh, so what inspired you to go down that path? Uh, my parents were actually coaches when I was growing up. My dad coached basketball. Um, so I was always in the gym since I was a kindergartner. Um, I was hanging out, running around with the guys. And then my mom started coaching the women's side probably in high school when I was, I don't know, maybe fifth grade or something like that. So those guys have always had a big impact on my life. Um, just can't get enough of it being in the gym. My high school coach, uh, volleyball coach, was one of the best. Loved every minute with her. She was she was a hard ass. Sorry for my language. <laughs> okay, no, let it drop. You're good. That's a good coach. You need you need a hard ass for a coach, right? She, I mean, just won't let you get away with anything. And I think that's, you know, another thing that kind of led me to coaching. Um, and then when I got to Iowa State, after I transferred there, I got into coaching when I was still in college um, and coached with our assistant coach at the time. And just saw it in a different way and became a better player because of it. I think when you have to explain how to do things and, you know, and you get frustrated because nobody's listening to you, you understand, mm, I'm paying the butt to my coaches too. So I think those are the, the big things that I really took away from it. And then that just kind of stuck. So I've been coaching pretty much since 2006 um, in the club level and then went to the college level in 2010. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the coaching, the teaching aspect of that, especially when you are a good player, uh, is sometimes difficult during that transition to coaching because you're like, we'll just do this. And they're like, I, I can't just do that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so that, that you always hear that adjustment of people that go from playing to coaching. I'm curious, what advice or encouragement or lessons do you remember mom and dad giving you when you decided to start coaching, having them, you know, raised you, seen you, and also coached themselves. Do you remember some lessons that stuck out? I think they, you know, they've always told me to have thick skin, no matter what. I mean, you're always going to get the backlash of people aren't going to be happy. Some people are going to be happy, some people aren't, and they're going to talk trash. They're going to, you know, do whatever they can to, to bring you down. Um, I, think, I think you have to just remember the good things about what you do, and just touching other people's lives is huge. Um, you know, you can be a role model in a different way for them. And some people don't have the support that you do at home. Um, so they need somebody else that they can lean on. And those are kind of the big things that, you know, they instilled in me growing up. Um, and I got to see that from a, you know, a different perspective, I guess, growing up and seeing their relationships with their kids, their players, I guess, and still having those to today. Like, it's crazy how you kind of see somebody who played for my dad 20 years ago. And it's like, oh, hey, like your daughter's now coaching. Like, it's really cool. So um, I think those are kind of the big lessons is just have thick skin, be proud of what you do and, um, you know, just impact somebody else's life. I love that. Well, and along those lines, one of the things I'm curious about is 
Today, fans have more access than ever to players between social media and, and just real world access media and everywhere else that, I mean, it's hard to have that thick skin sometimes when you're 18, 19, 20, and you've got these strangers attacking you for something that happened in essentially a game. How do y'all encourage your players to almost have tunnel vision? Like, opinions outside the locker room don't matter. How do we stay focused on what's going on in our building? I mean, I think you can use that a little bit to fire, to build a fire if you need to. I always thought that kind of helped me a little bit. I'm kind of on the rugged side, I guess. But <laughs> so, I mean, you can, you know, maybe see it, but then you got to move away from it. Like you got to know what your team is doing um, behind the scenes. So, you know, if you see something, hey guys, this is going on, let's squash it. Or, you know, let's, let's try and, um, build that fire even more and just say, you know, let them talk, let them do whatever. We're going to prove what we need to on the court. We're not going to go back with our words, I guess, and kind of go back and forth. Like we'll put our actions um, to the test and let it, let it prove that way. Um, I think our, our team is so level-headed that they're awesome at that. I don't know if I could have done that at their age with as much social media as is now. Um, you know, luckily when I played, we didn't have that. So yeah. I think they, they're doing a way better job than I ever would have. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's the one thing I laugh about with Facebook kind of coming on the scenes when I was getting out of school. Uh, thank goodness I didn't have it starting school or in high school and, and what a lot of those kids have to deal with. You mentioned this, this year's squad having pretty level head. Um, have you worked with a team that was a little higher and lower and, and how did y'all try to get them to maintain that just even keel? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had all different kinds of teams, even here at Iowa state or the ones that I've been coaching with before. Um, you know, from, from my aspect of it, I'm one of the kids that always was very energetic and hooped a lot and like, just like talked a lot uh, of trash sometimes. So that's, that's my <laughs> personality. And I'm sure Christy loves it. Um, my head coach loves it. But so for me, sometimes when our team is so even keeled and just kind of goes on the radar, it, it bothers me because I'm like, okay, we need to show more passion. But, um, you know, at first they were kind of up and down and kind of got their highs and lows. And then we just kind of figured out that, you know, that's not the team that, that they are. So it's, it goes by year of saying, you know, this team has more personality that they can control that this team doesn't, they need a little bit more support, a little bit more structure of just, just be very even, um, I guess. So just trying to find that good balance of each kid. And we've done like personality tests. So we know how kids respond and say, this team needs a little bit extra push today and this team doesn't. Um, so we've, we've done a lot of studies on it and trying to have our kids understand, you know, who they are as a kid and have them understand who they are as teammates and even us as coaches. Um, so that's been a really good balance of just finding, finding that out and helping me to be honest with you. Like, like I said, I'm so anxious and John kids at times. It's like, okay, you, you can't do that. You have to settle down and be very more calm. So, um, I, it's a two-way street. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's fascinating. And there's there's two points off that I want to ask. The first is, how do you and the other coaches, you're constantly having to learn because every year is a different team. There's a different dynamic. There's a different push-pull every year. 
is it, is it the personality tests? Are y'all doing as a coaching staff extra work outside on, on sports psychology or wherever to better understand those teams? How do y'all kind of keep that finger to the pulse of every year? Because unlike in a corporate setting where teams are pretty consistent, the team is changing. You're losing seniors every year. You're adding freshmen. How do y'all kind of keep that uh, thumb to the pulse? We, we've actually started working with a guy about four years ago. Um, he came in and did the personality test for us. So we always have our freshmen do it every year with him. And then we kind of sit down and say, you know, so many people are D's, so many people are I's, so many people are S's and C's. Um, and then they kind of go around and say, this is what I need when I'm stressed. This is what I need from everybody. Um, this is why I, or why I am the way I am. Um, and, you know, we can understand that you know, D's act a different way than an S, especially when you're stressed. And if they say something, it's not personal. So I think that that was a big thing for us is just whatever is said, it's not always personal. I feel like in women, female sports, especially if you say something, it gets under female skin, they hold on to it. I'm like a guy, they can be like, eh, whatever, they can let it go. So that was big for us is just how to work together rather than feeling attacked. Um, with words that are being said. So that's what we do. And we've done a lot of, a lot more um, mental training of just how to, you know, have our reactions um, not be seen in different ways, I guess, if, if, yeah. something, if something does come out. So we're, we're continuously working on it. I think that was a big thing for us over um, the quarantine period is just how to get our team together and kind of find that niche um, every year, I guess. Well, and I love hearing that you not only go through the personality test, but each one has the opportunity to, to openly discuss it. So they learn how their other teammates communicate and respond, which is key to any personal romantic team relationship. Like that's just crucial of understanding how they communicate. And then that dynamic of, of, Hey, you know, things are going to be said. How do we learn to let it go? This is what it really may mean. And this is where I'm coming from, which is all crucial to just that vulnerability and connection piece that the great cultures have. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. The, the other thing I'm curious about is you sound a lot like me in terms of you love competition. You love to talk trash. You love to get in there. Not everybody has that same mentality that, that we do. And some people, they compete, but they don't necessarily love it sometimes. How do y'all encourage competition year round within the team that keeps everyone engaged, whether they're on the same end of the spectrum that we are, or they're kind of on the opposite end? Uh, I mean, we try and find ways to hold them accountable too. of just like, how can you compete, but in your own way? So it might be, you know, some kids need, a group that pushes them in a different way. And some of them need, some of them need that person to ride their butt. Like we have different kids in our gym that say, I need somebody to be on my butt today because I'm feeling that way. So it's, it's also nice that they, they understand that themselves know themselves like, Hey, I need this today. And sometimes it's like, okay, she's in a bad mood. You can't do that. You gotta, you gotta back off a little bit. <laughs> so um, I feel like I get told that sometimes, which is, <laughs> we, we have, me and the other, our volunteer assistant, who's husband to our head coach, we're like the push person. And our other two coaches are kind of the, the calm ones. So we have a good balance in our gym. So it's, it, that's very helpful. Um, but, you know, I think it, it's nice to have the, the ones that can push and pull. And because you, you just need that different um, ability at times. Some days I'm like, 
I, I can't deal with this kid. Like she's my position kid. I need somebody else to take her. And, and the kids know that too. So they kind of understand, all right, she's getting frustrated. What's, what's going to happen. Um, but I don't know. I think it's hard to, to make somebody compete at times. So you have to, we, we do a lot of different drills that find different ways um, to do that for them and try and help bring it out of them as much as we can. But some days it works and some days it doesn't. As with all of us in, in everything we do. But, but what I love and appreciate about that is you have two coaches that are push coaches and you have two that are pull coaches. And so the fact that y'all can complement each other also on the push side, as well as the pull side, creates a, a, a unique environment that you, you know, you can have that same push voice from someone else to get to that player. If, if there is that day that you're having, I, I love that. One of the things before we wrap up that I appreciate and, and would love to hear the philosophy behind that. I think I already know is in Twitter on your hash in your bio, you've got the hashtag who's next. So tell us a little bit about why you included that in your bio, where the mentality is for you on it. So who's next is it kind of goes to the recruiting side. Um, you know, being from Iowa, um, born and raised, I grew up kind of an Iowa State fan, I would say, but you know, I I transferred back to Iowa State in 2006. Um, and we were just starting to come on as a team and not, you know, when Chris took over in 2005, we were not very good. Like bottom of the Big 12. By three years of her first three years, 2006, we made it the tournament. First, second time since like 95 or something. By 2007, we made the first Sweet 16. 2008, we made the first Elite Eight in Iowa State history. So from then on, I, you know, I went out and did my own thing, came back um, what, seven years later or something like that. And to me, it's always been a grind of, we want to keep Iowa State where it's been and move it forward even more. So for me coming back, I think I pushed even harder because, you know, I, I, I was a part of the program to, to get it where it's at. And I was like, okay, you got to leave things better, better than what you found it. So now I need to keep building it. Um, so my always thing is like, who's next? Who wants to come here? And, you know, we might not get the top kids all the time, but we're going to find the kids that are going to work hard. We love, you know, a kid with a chip on their shoulder, um, kind of under the radar, nitty gritty, um, you know, relentless kid. Those are the ones that fit our program really well. So for me, that's where the who's next comes in, um, you know, who wants to come here and just have a really great career and put Iowa State even more on the map. Well, and I, and I love that for two reasons. One, that who's next mentality can also be seen as like, who wants to go? Like, who's ready to compete? Like, <laughs> I'll take on anyone. And that, but that fits the, the culture you just shared of, we want the gritty, the hardworking, not always top name. We want some of the kids under the radar that fits us, which is that mentality for a lot of those kids that, you know, I'm a smaller athlete. It was like, let's go, I'll compete. Like I'll take yep. on anybody. So that that's helpful to hear. And then the other piece that you hit on that we've talked about here on the show is shared with the New Zealand All Blacks in terms of with the rugby team of leave the jersey in a better place than when you got it. If you get the number 12, you make sure when you finish playing that that 12 is held in a higher regard. 
And that's just something you see in great cultures, which speaks to why, you know, Chris and y'all have had that success uh, just to keep building of everybody coming in. You've got the work mentality. How do we make sure that when we leave the program, it's in a better position for the next class? So, Jen, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, would you share your Twitter handle with everyone so they can give you a follow online and then tell us when season starts back up so we know when to look out for y'all? Uh, my Twitter handle is ISUBB, Jen, J-E-N, Malcolm, M-A-L-C-O-M. So ISUBB, Jen, Malcolm. Sorry, it's kind of long. Um, okay, we'll link to it in the show <laughs> notes as well for anyone driving. And then uh, we start back up. We can start playing again like February 25th. Um, all the other conferences can start the end of January. So we actually had our full conference in this the fall season uh, where a lot of people push their seasons to the spring. So we're a little bit different, um, but yeah, we're, we'll have a few games in the spring and then uh, hopefully NCAAs at the end of April. Awesome. Jen, thank you incredibly for coming on the show this week. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, drop us a note with your feedback to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Check out more episodes, find amazing apparel, get connected with the community at competeeveryday.com. And until next week, bring your best, show up every day regardless of how you feel, and be that type of competitor you were created to be. Oh, my God.